Welcome into the 203rd episode of the Young Terps podcast. Mason Viner joined by Jack Rothenberg tonight. Later on in the show, Cam Edge, the Terps' latest commit, will join us, talk about his game, how he got to Maryland, how he went through the reclass process, and what he expects out of the Terps. We did a great interview with him. But Jack, before we get to Cam, uh, our Terps basketball team is now in its worst spot since the 90s, and it did not look any better on Saturday or on Sunday at Ohio State. Where do we go from here? I don't know if there is many places. There are many places to go from here. I think that most Terps fans are now just looking to the end of the season to hopefully hire a great coach who can then get the recruiting cycle back on track and next next season get this Maryland team back to where we want it. Yeah, a couple episodes back in this podcast, and when we talked to uh, Kevin Sheehan from the Team 980 on here, it was all, you know, still some positivity, some grasp at, at hope that this team could pull it together. But since then, you know, they had the opportunity against Michigan State. It just, they just seemingly this entire year could not get over the same humps. Right, yeah, and I think that it was on full display this past weekend against Ohio State, and I think, that, as you said, there was some glimmer of hope. I think as Terps fans, we always try and hold on to that hope that maybe they can turn it around. Seemingly, they never do. But we will always have that hope, and it's going to carry us into the next season, and hopefully they can do something with what's left. Yeah, and for, for all of our listeners that are looking for a discussion on the coaching search, we're trying to keep that at this point basically out of the podcast, and there is a reason to that, which I'll get into here for a second just there's no news breaking at it from the various Maryland sites. And from now at this point, national writers have really caught on to this coaching search day in and day out. So, you know, we could talk about one candidate today, let's say like Rick Patino from last week. And then, well, there's a lifetime contract floated around at Iona this week. There's just so much changing about this right. that at this point, you know, it's good for the news breaking sites. It's good for the subscriber sites, but I, I've told people this since the minute they fired Mark Turgeon, just knowing what I know about college athletics and having the connections that I do into it. There's not going to be much of a move on this until March, maybe even April. Like Maryland got the head start on it. Parker executive search, the place that Maryland relies on for these searches is now involved with it. They're officially on board or getting close to being officially on board this week or next week. And then we'll start to see the leaks and the news kind of break out of it. But right now there's just, there's names thrown out there, the same names that we've been throwing out since day one of this. It's There's just not that much really true news to really discuss on the podcast at this point. Well, there, there are two things I'll say about that. One, I think it's known at this point that Maryland wants an established name to take over the program. But the second thing is that if Maryland were to, if we and Maryland were to start discussing all of these names, I think that's what you've kind of seen happen on Twitter and from various writers is that, for example, Bruce Pearl, I've seen his name floated millions of times on Twitter, and then he got that lifelong contract at Auburn. I think once all these names start to come out of possibly becoming the Maryland head coach, then those programs, ADs and presidents are going to try and lock them up. And so that's why I agree with you is that there's no reason to speculate now until a little bit later down the line. Yeah, and, you know, that's a great point, Jack. And I think that there's a couple things in coaching that seem to be very, very evident as of right now, which is it seems like since Mel Tucker had signed that contract for Michigan State football, 
it set a bar for what a contract should look like for a program that's either up and coming or has now established itself, which we're talking, you know, James Franklin getting that six year extension at Penn state with people, a lot of their fans saying that they didn't meet the goals of the program. Now you're seeing eight, 10, 12 lifetime length contracts for coaches like Bruce Pearl had Auburn number one. Yeah. They lost last night, but they're number one right now. And that's rare thing for Auburn basketball. But just the amount of money and the amount of buyout that it takes to get a, steal a coach from another major program at this point is getting to the point of not being, one, possible for the Maryland Athletic Department and not really being feasible for even the big athletic departments. It seems back a couple of years ago, you used to sign like a light extension with an increased buyout to do your school that you were at a favor if you were going to move on. That might be what we see with like an Andy Enfield or Kevin Willard. But some of these contracts that we're seeing are just – they're ridiculous. They're just frankly ridiculous. Right. And Maryland just not does not, as you just mentioned, have the capital buy out a Bruce Pearl contract or really looking down the line, you know, one of the early names, Nate Oates, you look to the buyout on the contract, Maryland just doesn't have that kind of money. So it's going to be a bit of working one, the donors and Parker and see what kind of comes out of that, see what the final list looks like. And then we'll start getting in depth as the season really winds down to breaking down those candidates on this podcast. Yeah, in Maryland, as I said, they don't want to back themselves in that corner to where they potentially have to buy out a major contract, which we don't even know if they'll have the money for that. And that's that's the biggest Maryland news basketball news story. And that's why we're scheduling these interviews with uh, with recruits, because we're all focused on the football season. Yeah. And, and I've seen that so many places is I can't believe that we're at this point of the year and Maryland football has more interest than Maryland basketball. I think I might have said that on our last show, but it's such an odd time to be a Maryland fan. Hopefully things will get a little bit better. We can steal a win or two in basketball, just something to kind of take away from this season. Because, you know, you look down the history of Maryland and no, Maryland's not always been great, but they've always been a team that manages to pull an upset or two and, and makes that big national news story. So hopefully we'll see that, you know, they have those opportunities against your Purdue's of the world and, and they're going to just, hopefully continue to play the way they've been playing, which like the Michigan state effort, there's no doubt that Maryland's giving their all. Hopefully they don't fall off the rest of the season and we can ride it out. And without any more of this negative talk, we'll get to some more positive things and we'll bring Cameron edge onto the podcast right now. Get the number one business phone system as ranked by us news and world report. Next Steva by Viner four gates. Saves you money while delivering higher ROI, getting you the best product for your business. Communicate better today at home or from the office with Nextiva by Viner Forgates. Visit us at vinerforgates.com slash VOIP or call 877-797-8776. And now we welcome in to this episode of the Young Turfs podcast, Maryland's newest football commit, Cameron Edge. Cam, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about you? We're doing great. Happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to kick it off right with, I think, the question that a lot of Maryland fans are asking. You've been on the radar of a lot of big college programs for a long time. What led to the reclass and sign decision to go with the Terps this year? Did you just feel like it was time for you to make the jump or was there something else to it? I think just I believe it was the right time. Me and my support cast said it would be a, it would be a really good move for my development as a quarterback and also off the field as well, be good for my development. And 
I couldn't think of a better place to be able to leave a year early than go back to where I used to be in the DMV and be around a lot of people I know and a lot of great coaches like Coach Loxie, Coach Enos, Coach Brooks, and Coach Chadwick. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. Coach Brooks, somebody that you've known for a long time. How did the kind of reconnect go for you? I've seen you mention that you first met Coach Brooks, what, in middle school? What I met, like yeah, Coach Brooks recruited me early in seventh grade through like uh, one of my coaches, somebody that's deep in my circle. And I've always talked to him. And then when he got to Maryland, I had interaction with him from like eighth grade, just like a little stuff. And they're not allowed to do the rules. So it wasn't nothing crazy. Mm -hmm. He's the, the first person to offer the first power five coach to offer me. And he's always recruited me. And I'm at, even when I was at the math and even at my time at smart and he's, he's type some people that are in my circle as well. And he's had a lot of kids from this area in high school or in college. And I've always had a good connection with him. Yeah. And you mentioned the coaching staff. Other than that, what, when did, when and why did you really feel like Maryland was the place for you? And I know you played high school football in Maryland, but were there any other big selling points that really caught your eye? I think uh, coach Chadwick was really consistent. He always recruited me, always talked to me. And I, sometimes it's, it's good. It's not like he wasn't always just selling something. He was just like talking to me as a normal human being. And not only just that, Coach Loxie and Coach Enos have done a great job in the two years that are together. Coach Loxie, when they were at Alabama, had great offense. And at Maryland, his years, they had a really good offense. And not only just good offense, it's quarterback offense. It's very quarterback-centric, as they like to say. I think it's a system that fits me well and just kind of – Felt, felt right. Uh, Dad's also from Maryland, so he, he grew up a Turks fan and just kind of felt like the right direction to go. Do you feel like watching Leah sold you even more on what a quarterback can be at the University of Maryland? I definitely did. I can't wait to get behind him and learn from him this year because I saw, I think everybody in the country saw big gains from his first year at Maryland to this year. It was insane. I think he ended the, the year number 10 in the country of all of college football and passing yards. And that's a that's not an easy task. That means that they're coached well and they put in a lot of time. That's a that's a big deal for a quarterback. And just sort of transitioning and now you're still in high school, obviously. What's the high school lifestyle looking like now that you're going to play college football? It's it's still I'm still trying to get used to it. Um I do clad do so I go to school when I'm an eleventh grader and then I come home when I'm a twelfth grader and do the extra classes and everything. So I don't really have much time. I try to fit my friends in as much as possible so they don't, like, think I'm forgetting about them. But it, it gets hard at times. But I've been really focused on getting the, the work done and also getting my body ready to play college football. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it. And you mentioned, you know, squeezing the 12th grade year into the 11th grade year. You know, from the school support staff, how did they look at it? Did you just walk into the guidance counselor office one day and said, you know, I got this opportunity to go play college football. How can I get through the rest of school? I, I brought it up like in the beginning of the year as just like a back in my head thought. Then I kind of after Christmas break, I'm like, I think this is where I want to go with it. So I started a little later than most. And um, that's kind of how I walked in there and um, wanted to see if it was possible and everything from, from a school standpoint. And it was, and to be quite honest, I give a lot of credit to my high school coaches, the guidance counselors and the support staff, the administration at my high school They've been really supportive. A lot of people are like, no, we want you to stay another year for their benefit, but they've all been really supportive of me, and I can't, I can't thank them enough. 
you said that you don't have that much free time and you've been trying to get like your body ready for to play college football. What would speak about like what you've been doing and how that process is going? I just kind of started off like um, weight training, speed training again this this week on Monday and worked out yesterday. Just kind of speed training mixed in with like, explosive weight training to get ready for college and everything. I do quarterback training on the Sundays for skill. It's kind of trying to put the two together because I think if you can put the physical with the skill side of it, you can be really good. Yeah, it's definitely right on board. When you're doing those drills, who are you working with right now? You know, how are you basing your preparation for it? Are you taking advice, you know, of what coaches have looked at you and scouted or who, who's around you and giving you those pointers of how to get your game to that next level? So for football stuff, I've always had the same quarterback coach. It's uh, Coach Damon. I've been with him since seventh grade. He's had a lot of dudes. So a couple of dudes went to Maryland. He's had uh, Kasim Hill, Darnell Savage, mm-hmm. um, Kasim Tarheeb still was there as well. That's a kid that played for us seven on seven and worked out with us. So he's always done the football stuff. It's, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, for weight training and speed training, I've always went to um, Titus. There's a also do like a foot foot train. I like it's the same stuff, just more of it. It's still speed training around closer to my house. So most time I go to Titus. It's um, I've had a lot of NFL dudes as well, like Troy Reader for the Rams. A lot of dudes. Darnell Savage went there as well. So kind of, it's all right around the same area in mm-hmm. Delaware and everything. So just putting it all together. And I was I was watching your highlights from when you played to math. I know that was a little while ago, but it looked like you played with a lot of four wide, one back, and a shotgun. And I know that's what Maryland features a lot. And if if that's what you're most comfortable with, I feel like you're going to fit in very well. Is that what you're most comfortable with? Or is there another formation you like to run out of? That I'd probably say that's my favorite. Maryland does a really good job of using tight ends. Like sometimes you don't even realize that they're in a tight end set because of how athletic the tight ends are. They do a lot of tight end stuff and it's really good. I, I've always been like a junkie of the X and O side. So I, I, I kind of get it and everything. I'm still learning, but I, I really love that side of it. And I think I, I think everything they do kind of fits. Like a lot of the plays I watch, it's like it's the same thing I did in high school almost. Now, I mean, the names will be different, but it's really similar. And I think my skill set has kind of fits that really well. And I think I'm going to be able to learn from some really good coaches and also a really good player in front of me as well. And when you look at your game overall, what's the one thing Terps fans need to know that Cam Edge is going to do the best? I'd say I'd break down the game. Just from a mental standpoint, I lead always. I'm always a teammate first, and just that I, I'm someone that's been in. A, I played every sport, so I'm highly competitive. Sometimes it's too competitive in some things, and that's kind of who I am. Football is really that's all that really matters to me. It's kind of that's kind of how I was raised and bred. That sports is what matters, and everything else kind of falls to the wayside. And you're going to get everything you can out of me, and everything I'm going to be. I'm also going to be a good person while doing it as well. Is there someone when obviously playing football that you look up to? Is there an NFL player that you model your game after? I think NFL like quarterback-wise, I'm a big John Elway fan. A lot of people said there's some similarities there. I like him a lot. I think everybody kind of likes the same dudes pretty much. Like everybody mm-hmm. likes Tom Brady. I guess not everybody, but I'm a big Tom Brady guy. I like Drew Brees, his motion. I'm a Cowboys fan, as you can see. So I love Dak Prescott. So there's a – each one of them has something that's really good that I feel like you can take from their game and try to implement into yours. Man, Cam, you stole my next question. I was just going to ask you if that was a Cowboys sweatshirt and if you're a Cowboys yes, guy. 
I probably should hide it from this year, but it's it's okay. Well, you're talking to two now Commanders fans, sadly. Oh, but I guess it, I guess it can get worse. It, it can. <laughs> it definitely can. De- definitely, definitely. Uh, on the more personal side, getting to know you more, who's your favorite rap artist or music artist? What, what do you like to do in your free time? Are you a big video games guy? Who, what are you, what I'm are really you not. Even when I had the free time, I wasn't. Um, I like sharing time with friends. Like I said at the math that I was away from them. And I got to this year, I got to do it again. So I've been with them since kindergarten. And I, I had to go away from them at the math. But being back with them was fun. I said, to be quite honest, favorite rapper is probably like Lil Dirk. I don't go away yeah. from him. Pooh Shiesty, they're pretty good. But um, really, like, I'm just so dialed in with the sport. Like, it's like many people have come to me, like, you got to step away. But it's like, I find it really hard to step away. There's really nothing else for me. To, I don't find anything else intriguing. In my head, it's kind of like that's really it. All it is. That's kind of what my life is centered around. So interesting fact, Cam. You're now the third straight recruit that we've talked to on this podcast that said that Lil Durk is their favorite rapper. I think I think it that says volumes. I think he's he's that guy. Um, is have you started to get in touch with any of the other recruits in your in your class? And if so, how has that been going? I've talked to some of them. I think it was kind of like a shocker that I reclassed up. So it's like I haven't been able to connect with some of them. I've known a lot. Some of them I've played with. You know what I mean? I've seen them for a while. There's a lot of dudes at Maryland now that I that are already enrolled and been playing that I know. So I talked to them a little bit. Some dudes I've talked to recently, like once I committed, I said they want to start working out and stuff like that. I've known Eric Nigerian since like ninth, eighth, ninth grade. He's a, he's a great person to be around. He's a good dude. So there's a lot of a lot of people I know there. So I think I'll be good. Now I hear a lot of rumors that Nigerian will become a coach one day. What, what's your take on that? Uh, I I've never talked to him about it. If anybody would, I think it'd be Eric. You know, I mean every every domestic coach is like Eric's really really smart. And, um, I think he is. He he actually got to play the in the COVID year and he stepped right in. So yeah. I think he's definitely someone I would if he coached me. I would listen to everything he said because I know Eric. Not only is he smart, Eric's somebody that wants to learn. He always has and has always been a good leader. Yeah, he's always on the sideline, one of the main play callers in, in, in the system. And that's kind of why yeah. I think a lot of people take away. They watch the way he played the game against Rutgers. You know, he played really well. Nobody really knew what to expect out of him. But, yeah. you know, you just hear the I think Coach Enos and them do a really good job. Coach Enos, Coach Locks do a good job of teaching the offense to where the people in it learn it and they can teach it. That's how you know it's a good coach when you make the players be able to teach it to somebody else. I think they do a good job of that. And obviously, you're going to be coming here to College Park. Is there something that you're most looking forward to on campus or around campus that you're excited to do? I'll be quite honest. No, I'm not a big <laughs> I'm not a big party guy. I think that the funnest thing I'll, I'll have to do is like just be able to get like some of the receivers together and throw whenever you want. I love doing I love getting people together and throwing routes. There's nothing – there's a lot of things to do in College Park. So the math is 10 minutes away. So I, I lived in that area. And um, there's a lot of things you can do. But I'd say I'm, I kind of do football, do school, eat, and go back to sleep and do it again. And that kind of takes me to at least my final question for you. You did an interview with a good friend of Jack and I's, Dave LaMonaco from Terrapin Times. And at the end of it, he dropped a quote in there that said, 
that you said that you were ready to embrace the struggle that's coming at Maryland. Can you talk about that and just that mindset that you're going to take towards this opportunity? Coach Davis, the shrimp dish and coach came to me is like, it's going to be really hard. He told me and mom, like, you're not going to like me. And I think the best part I, that really kind of stuck out with me during the visit, because that's not sure coding anything. And it just is what it is. And I, the best part about that is when you get on the other side and like, you become a better football player. You also become a better person when you get on the other side. I guess I'm ready for every struggle of it because as a, my goal has always been the same. I want to be the first quarterback to get drafted whenever that is. It's three years, four years or five, but that journey is not easy. If you look at every big time quarterback, there's been a lot of ups and downs. There's no, there's no great quarterback. There's probably no good quarterbacks that haven't had a good amount of struggle in their career. So I'm excited for it. And also being a, a young kid going going up, I'll be 17 when I'm there. So I don't – people probably don't expect a whole lot. You know what I mean? So you just kind of go in there and just do what you're supposed to do and fight through it. Well, I know I can speak for all Maryland fans that we're excited for you to come play for the Terps and wear a Maryland uniform, and we can't wait for you, guys, for you to get here. Yes, sir. Thank you. And that was Cameron Edge. You can follow Cameron. I didn't ask him to drop his at, but I'll do it. Here you can follow him at Cameron underscore edge two on Twitter. He'll be coming on campus at Maryland in August. Jack, some takeaways. Cam really, really brought some of some points of what are some of the selling points to Maryland, how he's been working on his game. Yeah. One thing that I asked him about that he really confirmed to me was that he's very comfortable with the offense that Maryland runs. And obviously that was a big part in why he committed to coming to Maryland. I think it's something that all Maryland fans can be excited about that, he said that it was his most comfortable uh, formation on offense, the four wide with the in shotgun with the one running back set. I think that's something that all Maryland fans can be excited about because it's what Maryland usually runs. And I think that's a big takeaway for me. Yeah. Biggest one for me is just the, and you know, I dropped the quote from Terrapin times interview with him, but the embrace the grind mentality that he's going to take towards this opportunity that he's got at Maryland is something that, you know, in, in my professional career, we talk about that in, in our office. You know, a lot of places talk about that. And that, that's something that will not only help him now and with this next, you know, he wants to play professional football. And he made that clear to us in that interview as well. But that mentality will get somebody somewhere in life. You know, that, that's one of the things that when you hear somebody say that, that's somebody that's been well coached. And, you know, he's been around programs like DeMath that produced that. And like uh, the program that he's part of now in Delaware that he grew up in. Those places, you know, we talked about some of the players that he's, you know, worked out with and have been in the same circles. You can see that he's from the area that he's really committed to playing the game of football. And that's something that you always like to see from kids coming into a new program. Because when you do that, you have to embrace that program and that program's culture. So I like, you know, to hear that he's sold on Maryland's culture and Ryan Davis and what that staff does. Yeah, another thing that was, was funny to me was that he mentioned John Elway is the main quarterback. He looks up to a miles game after, which I think is very interesting because kids nowadays all look up to Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or Tom Brady, which he did eventually mention, but John Elway was the main guy. And I think that's unique because you don't see that very often. Yeah. And of course we appreciate him coming on the podcast, joining us here and wishing him the best as he gets into his college football career a little bit early and we'll get a start on campus at Maryland this August. So Looking forward to that and looking forward to, you know, doing more of the stuff that I know you guys have come to expect from us on this podcast, like interviewing recruits and things like that. Jack and I are still getting 
things back going. We're going to have Maryland's baseball coach, Rob Vaughn, on this upcoming week. Talk about what Maryland baseball has in store. And we'll have another update episode. Jack, anything else to leave our listeners with tonight? Yeah, I think this uh, upcoming class for Maryland football is looking very, very good. And I'm, as everyone should be, very excited for this, this upcoming Maryland football season. Yeah, it's, like I said earlier today, it's a weird time. A lot of people it's more all, excited all we for can football look to. than they are basketball. But it looks really, really good. And, you know, there were some changes to Maryland's football staff today that I really, really liked that came out right before we started in your recording right. this podcast. We'll talk about those next week. And as always, we appreciate you guys' support, rating this podcast, liking it anywhere. That always helps us out. And as always, thanks for listening.